All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Doc Sportscast again this morning. Uh, well, today. Uh, so uh, we are recording this uh, on the 22nd. So the day you guys will be listening to this, unless you listen to it later on. Um, <clears throat> so today we're going to be talking about. We'll, we'll jump right into it here. Aurora is getting a little antsy. For those of you who don't know, Aurora is the uh, dachshund who is the uh, inspiration for the podcast. She's a huge sports fan. Uh, she's the nine-pound dachshund that's on the cover art of the podcast. So we'll go ahead and jump right in it for Aurora getting uh, a little too antsy because she says a lot to cover today. So uh, first off, the we will talk about Thursday night football, uh, this game up against the, well, with the Broncos up against the Cleveland uh, Browns. And man, guys, this game was the tale of two different strategies. Uh, in a, a somewhat similar situation, you know, you had uh, injured uh, Baker Mayfield, who toughed it out uh, last week and uh, ended up playing. And then you have an injured Teddy Bridgewater, who didn't, you know, didn't end up playing recently. And then the teams decided two different things. The Broncos decided, hey, we, we're going to put Teddy in. We're going to run with him. Browns decided, hey, we're going to rest Baker Mayfield. Well, the Browns ended up winning that battle because Teddy out, Teddy Bridgewater out there, guys. He in the first half, something was wrong. I mean, he he could not move. He was limping everywhere. He didn't look right. It wasn't good. He couldn't get anywhere in the pocket. He had to throw so many balls away. It just didn't make sense. The offense was not functioning well. Okay. Now, once we got into the second half, like, you know, I, I don't know if they did some work on him, whatever. Like, he loosened up. He looked a lot better, okay? That first half really, really hurt you. They came out, scored no points in the first half, okay? Whereas Cleveland came out, put up 10 in the first quarter, didn't score any points in the second quarter, um, which, you know, to me was telling of the defense, you know, for the Denver. Like, they did a good job. Denver did a good job. Both of these teams were held under 20 points, by the way. So this was a good defensive effort on both sides. Now, Von Miller did leave this game uh, with, uh, you know, what they recorded was an ankle injury. It looked to me more like a knee type thing, but, um, you know, we, we hope that everything's fine with him and he, he can come back and, and be on the field as early as next week, but who knows? We don't know the severity of that injury. However, uh, what we do know from this game is that Teddy was hurting, and, man, if this game had one more quarter, the Broncos would have come back and won this game. Uh, second half, they came out. And they controlled the clock. They controlled the pace. They controlled the the line of scrimmage. They controlled everything. Um, yes, the Browns did come down and and score the touchdown late in the game. Um, but you know, and and you know that that pass touchdown from Case Keenum to Johnny Stanton, uh, who if you guys don't know his name, like that's that makes two of us. Uh, so anyway, yes, that happened. But this team was hurting. It was it was becoming more lopsided toward Denver. So yes, great win for the Cleveland. Uh, they're they're lucky this game only had four quarters. Um, and the Broncos, man, just a tough loss. It's a tough loss because they came out of the second half and played dynamite football. Just totally different team in the second half. Now the highlights: Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams both had uh, passing touchdowns from Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so Bridgewater didn't have a horrible day. You know, 23 for 33, 
187 yards on the day, um, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, so yeah, he did throw that pick and that pick was, <laughs> I mean, that, that pick was in the first half. He was, he was hurting out there. He wasn't playing well and yeah, it happened. Um, you know, rushing wise, didn't really get much going. They had 44, 41 rushing yards, uh, the whole game. And it was amazing to see how they ran the clock so much by passing the ball in the second half because they really controlled that clock. Uh, they, they had such long drives that went on. I mean, in the second, in the third quarter, I believe there was only two drives that happened. Denver got the ball, they came down and scored. Cleveland got the ball, they came down and scored. And yeah, Denver got the ball with like 30 seconds left or something like that. But that's pretty much just two drives, which is insane to happen in today's NFL. Um, Four quarter was pretty much the same. I mean, you know, Denver really controlled the clock again. And again, it wasn't from a rushing standpoint, but from a passing standpoint. So definitely something interesting to, you know, look at there uh, as we continue moving forward with that team and, and what's going on with them. Cortland Sutton was, again, the bright bright spot. I mean, this guy's always going to be the bright spot. I'm telling you guys, like, just stick with Cortland Sutton. He's a great player. He's steady. He's quarterback proof. I know Jalen Jerry Judy was taking some, some looks away from him early in the season, but you know, right now he's rolling again. And, uh, yeah, on the Cleveland side, man, you know, there's a lot of people banged up. Jarvis Landry was banged up at the end of this game. You know, we hope the best for all those guys. Hope they can come back. But Dearness Johnson played amazing. 22 carries, 146 yards, one touchdown. That's Derrick Henry numbers, except for, you know, Derrick Henry probably would have had three touchdowns. So, Dearness Johnson came in, played well. That just tells you that this team, it's not just built on Nick Chubb. It's not just built on Kareem Hunt. This team has a great running attack because they have a great line. And so don't underestimate this running game ever. You know, fantasy managers, you know, D- DFS guys who picked Dearness Johnson, great job, kudos to you. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how things go moving forward. Hopefully Baker Mayfield can come back. But from this win, you know, I think the Browns can feel pretty good about playing Case Keenum another game or two if they need to. And look for the Broncos to bounce back as well because Bridgewater is only going to get healthier, right? Um, we'll quickly touch on the NBA because, like I said, we do have a lot to get to with the upcoming preview of games. We'll touch on the NBA a little bit. Um, the whole Ben Simmons situation right now. So he came back, tried to get into practice. He was kicked out of practice because of things detrimental to the team, whatever. He didn't want to do activities. He didn't want to actually work out. Didn't want to actually exercise. Didn't want to actually you know do his job. He just wanted to do the fun parts of it. Um, so, you know it's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand the whole situation. Like I'm tired of these pampered spoiled guys in the NBA. Like you're making millions of dollars for a team that's paying you millions of dollars to be able to play a, a sport for your career. I mean, come on, like, it's a privilege. It's a gift that you're given to have that athletic ability and you know, you're just throwing it away and it's just really frustrating. So I, I'm tired of it. I don't care about it. Um, Sixers came out, got a great win in their, their opener. And I look for them to continue having a great season. I look for them to play a hell of a lot better last year than they did this uh, or this year than they did last year because Ben Simmons isn't there. I think he's more of a distraction than anything. And Golden State Warriors, just one thing to mention there, don't underestimate them. They have come out and they have won their first two games up against two really good teams, uh, both, both from Los Angeles. So, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers, they beat them both. Uh, last night beating the Clippers was behind Steph Curry's 45 points. So uh, really, really great there. Also, Mention a uh, shout out for Kentucky boy Tyler Hero played 24 minutes off the bench for the Miami Heat and put up 27 points. Okay, went four for eight from three point range, 10 for 18 uh, for field goals, and three for four from the free throw line. Also had six rebounds and five assists. That's a complete game. So 
Tyler Hero had a lot of stuff he was saying in the offseason about how good he is and everything. He's He backed it up in this first game. Let's hope that he continues that. Uh, we're big fans of him, obviously, like we said, because he is a Kentucky player. Um, we love guys that come from UK because we were born in Kentucky. And, um, yep, really want to see him continue to do well out there for the Miami Heat. But back to the NFL because NBA season, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about, but everything's early on. We don't want to jump to too much and, and talk about things that are just going to get fixed as the season goes on. Back to the NFL. This week, this weekend has a really good slate of games. First off is division rivalry here with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Cincinnati comes in 4-2, and two, Baltimore 5-1. and one. Guys, in this game, I'm telling you right now, I do not want any share of this Baltimore Ravens team except maybe Lamar Jackson uh, in DFS. I, I don't want to touch anybody except that. And honestly, the Bengals are very underrated. I would not be surprised if Cincinnati comes in and gets this win, okay? They, they, they look good. They're, they have poised quarterback in the pocket. You know, Burrow is much more professional than he was last year. He's grown tremendously mentally in this game he's seeing guys down the field uh in ways that you know you think what veterans would see them uh he's got a great connection there uh with his guy from from college uh jamar chase and so they are rolling right now and you know baltimore doesn't their defense is good but it has things that can break down and joe mixon look for joe mixon to go off in this game honestly if i'm on the Bengals side of things i think joe mixon Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow is all a stack that you could do in DFS and have a really good game. Uh, this could be something that you could do. But Baltimore, just I'm just worried about this game being something where they don't put up a ton of points. And Lamar Jackson didn't play really good last week at all. He played pretty horrible, actually. So we'll see what happens. But hey, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. This divisional rivalry. Every time these two teams get together, it always seems to be a pretty decent game. Um, so yeah. Washington up against Green Bay, two and four Washington football team up against the five and one Green Bay Packers. Guys, what do we want to say here? I mean, Washington's defense, yeah, it, it it's got a good front, uh, but you know once you get past the the front four there, it's it's garbage. Yeah, they can't they can't defend the pass. They get mismatches on linebackers left and right. Cornerbacks can't keep up with anyone. People are getting open within one second of the ball being snapped. Aaron Rodgers is going to eat that up. He's going to eat it up. I mean, this is a, this is a game, and this is a team that he feasts on. Okay, so I'm telling you, if you want to take Aaron Rodgers in DFS, look for him to possibly go off. This could be a game where he puts up four passing touchdowns, you know, maybe even a, a rushing touchdown of his own. Um, you know, look for look for Jones, look for Aaron Jones to get going a little bit too in the passing game out there. I think this will be really good um, just to keep you know Chase Young off of. Uh, Aaron Rodgers back stuff like that see some screens things like that just to you know trick it up have him hesitate a little bit before going after him um, but yeah ultimately that's it I wouldn't want anyone else on the other side of the ball uh, in in DFS for sure uh, especially with you know Gibson there with the shin issue and we don't know what his status is uh, when it comes up to this game but uh, you know we'll, we'll see I mean crazy things happen but uh, definitely have uh, Green Bay going into this one. Next up is Carolina versus the Giants. Okay, the three and three Carolina Panthers up against the one and five New York Giants. And this is this is a tale of two teams that they've lost their star guy. I mean, you know, Saquon Barkley might come back in this game. Christian McCaffrey is not going to be in this game. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is is there, and they have said they are going to get back to their roots. They are going to run the ball. They're going to pound the ball, and hopefully they do because this New York Giants team will not be able to stop them. 
They do not have a good defense up against the run. And I don't understand why people, you know, continue to just, I, I don't know. It's something with the Giants that their fans, their fan base, that it just, they, there's no listening to, to reason on some of this stuff. There's no listening to the stats and statistics. Like, no, the defense is good. The defense is good. The defense is good. Like, no, it's not. You're one of five. And where's your big hole? Honestly, your big hole is running the ball. I'm telling you. Uh, so look for Chuba Hubbard to, you know, get going a little bit here. Now on the Giants side of things, I do have a player I would want. I'm taking Sterling Shepard. I'm I'm taking Sterling Shepard. Daniel Jones loves Sterling Shepard. He loves Sterling Shepard. I mean, they they have a connection. That's his boy. That's been his boy. Look for Sterling Shepard to have a really good game. Uh, here against Carolina because he's probably going to be the only legitimate option. I mean, even if Kenny Galladay is there, I, I don't think I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be feeding the ball to Kenny Galladay more than he is Sterling Shepard. So that's a guy I would take as Sterling Shepard on the Giants side of the ball. On the Carolina side of the ball, man, you know what? I look for DJ Moore to really bounce back, and I look for Chuba Hubbard, and I think Sam Darnold's going to have a really good game. So if you wanted to do a three a three way stack with you know Chuba, Darnold, and Moore. I, I legitimately think that would be a really good stack this week. Um, other than that, I, I would take Chuba over more uh, in this game. And, yeah, I think Carolina will end up getting the win. Moving on to Atlanta versus Miami. Guys, this is the fantasy game to me. This is the DFS game of the week to me. Uh, and Aurora, we have both sat there and looked at this, analyzed this. And Tua Tungabailo is going to be playing in this game. Yeah, he's, he's still got those rib issues going on. But he looked fine last week. I mean, Again, we don't think he's going to be the franchise quarterback. We don't think he's the best quarterback that, that's out there or whatever. But this is an Atlanta Falcons team that is awful defense. Atlanta got things going last week. Miami's defense is good. It's a solid defense. But the one thing that they really lack is defense up against the pass right now. They have the Teams can throw the ball on them. And we saw that uh, with Trevor Lawrence after he started making some plays downfield. He could, he could really start making some passes out there from a rookie. And they played really conservative in the passing game. But the one thing that, yes, they, they will get beat in the pass, but the rushing attack last week with James Robinson destroyed them. Okay? Now, the way that Atlanta uses Cordero Patterson and the way they're going to use Mike Davis in this game, look for... Atlanta to control the pace of the game and ultimately I always favor the teams that control the pace of the game I think Atlanta is going to end up winning this game uh, up against Miami but I'm telling you this will be a high scoring affair it will be back and forth I don't see this being low scoring I, I, I see both teams over 20 points apiece and in the game for DFS purposes I would be taking Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki honestly I, I have got shares of stacks in Tua Kosicki and Jalen Waddle. Those are the guys to look for uh, this weekend up against Atlanta. I, I think those guys are all going to have really good games. It's a great stack opportunity there up against a really bad Atlanta defense. On the Atlanta side of the ball, Calvin Ridley's coming back. Look for him to get a ton of looks, ton of touches. I would not touch Kyle Pitts because I think Matt Ryan, he just always regresses back to what he knows, and he's going to regress back to, to Ridley. Uh, so that's who I would go with there. I wouldn't necessarily go with Matt Ryan um, unless you have to for like budgeting purposes. But uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley is the guy to take in this game. If you want to take Cordero Batterson, I also think that's a really good opportunity too. Mike Davis is a sneaky option here. He's very cheap right now in the DFS world. So he's a very cheap option there. And I would consider that also. Next, Jets versus Patriots. Okay, this is a game that's going to be a really good game. You've got two young rookie quarterbacks. And honestly, the Patriots are going to win this game. But the Jets are going to put up a fight. You know, uh, I think Zach Wilson is just as 
can be just as good of a quarterback as Mac Jones. He hasn't looked like it so far because, yeah, there's some coaching things. Like, yeah, obviously New England has the better coach. Um, New England has the better team built around him. But the Jets are fine. They've got talent for him. He's shown that he can find talent. He can find guys to go to, and I think they're going to play well in this game, but New England will ultimately get the win because, yeah, they have the better coach, so they're going to uh, end up getting the win. They're going to control the pace as well. The Jets have not figured out how to put together a good run scheme. They've got a couple good running backs there, but they cannot put together a good running scheme. While they are getting some good protection for Wilson, they are not making holes for these running backs, and that's been a big, big issue. And if you can't run the ball against New England, you really don't have any shot uh, of beating them this year because they're all about steady, consistent football. So look for them to win this game. I would also look at Jacoby Myers. He was robbed from a touchdown last week. They're going to get him a touchdown this game. I'm telling you right now, I would put money on Jacoby Myers getting a touchdown in this game. Um, also look for Harris, Damian Harris. Uh, he would be a good player. So if you want to do a stack with Mac Jones, Damian Harris, and um, Jacoby Myers, that would be my stack in this game. I would not touch anybody on the Jets except maybe, maybe Jameis, Jamison Crowder. Okay, because he's very cheap at the price point that he's at. I like Jamison Crowder. He came in, got equal types of of share target wise with uh, Corey Davis. And so I think Jamison Crowder has a chance to have a, a pretty good game and put up some decent points at the price point that he is at. So uh, that's that's the guy that I would look at on the Jets side of things. Moving on. The revenge game. For Who? Is this more of a revenge game for Jared Goff, or is this more of a revenge game for Matthew Stafford? Detroit Lions up against Los Angeles Rams. Rams come in 5-1. Lions come in 0-6. Rams are going to win this game easily. I don't care about revenge. I don't care about any of that crap. Like, Jared Goff is coming into Los Angeles, and he's going to get a, a beating. He's going to get his butt whooped. You don't think Aaron Donald is going to sit there and beat on Jared Goff? He is going to pound Jared Goff in the dirt. He's going to sack him one time for every game Jared Goff lost for them or didn't win for them. You know what? That's a lot of sacks, guys. So look for look for Aaron Donald to go off and, and really be excited to get after Jared Goff in this game. Uh, but, yeah, Rams are going to roll in this game. I don't, I don't think Detroit will have a chance to put up a lot of points either. I don't want anyone on that Detroit side of things. You know, for price points and stuff, you could look at maybe Amon Ross St. Brown. You could look at him uh, as, a, as a viable option at the wide receiver position. Again, just purely based on price. But I don't look for him to have, like, a stunning game or anything by any means. So, so that's a guy possibly for Detroit. But, again, I would stay away from every Detroit player. Now, from the Rams side of things, you could you could go with a lot of guys here. Uh, I wouldn't touch Robert Woods in this game. I don't. I just think they're going to get up pretty quickly and go away from the pass. And early on, I think he, I think that Stafford's going to go to Cooper Cup. I think he's going to go to the guy that he loves. He, he loves targeting, and he's going to show out with with Cooper Cup, put some points on the board right away, real quick. And then I think they're going to start running the ball. So I would go with Cooper Cup. You could honestly do a stack in this game of Cup, Stafford, and. Henderson, but uh, if it was me, I would I would really only go with Cup because I think they might get up enough where they're splitting carries with Michelle and um, Henderson. So I would worry about the running back situation there in this game too because they might be up too much to just go to their bell cow. Next, uh, Vegas up against Philly, uh, guys. I got Vegas winning this game. Anytime Philly is going to go up against a good defense, I'm not going to be on the side of Philly. Um, sorry if you guys can hear the growling in the background. There's a another dog outside in Aurora's. 
vision, and uh, she's very upset by it. Very upset by it. So um, anyway, the the Vegas Raiders uh, it, they got a good defense. They got a solid defense, guys. And and anytime that you got a good solid defense, I'm not going to go for Philly. I, I just I've seen too many bad things from Jalen Hurts. Yes, he can go out there and he can play well. He can go out there and put up some flashy plays. He can run. He, he can you know he can do things with his legs. He can do some things with his arms. But he will. He will make mistakes. He will get under pressure and and make those bad plays. We've seen horrible interceptions from him recently over the last few weeks. And I, as we told you, going into the off going into the going into the season, we did not believe that this was the best move for the team. We were upset at what happened with Carson Wentz. We were upset that they moved him the way they did. And now they got themselves in a situation where they have to roll with Jalen Hurts. They have no other option to to go back and forth or put somebody in that might be able to make an impact. And honestly. This team's got some talent. This team's got some talent. But you know what? They can't figure out how to run the ball. Use Gainwell more. You'll be passing the ball all the time. Stop trying to pound the ball up the middle with Miles Sanders. He can't do it. He can't do it. Get the ball out wide, all right? Run some wide receiver sweeps. Run run some things with Jalen Hurts where you, maybe it's even option plays out there where you got Kenneth Gainwell out there on the end with him. Run some screen plays with Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, these are things that I think that would help them more dynamic, be more dynamic on the offensive end. They're trying to trust in Miles Sanders, and all of a sudden, as soon as they start really trying to get into Miles Sanders, their offense stunts, and it, it just gets it, it's blown up, and it, it looks clunky. They need to get away from that. But anyway, Vegas is doing good. Vegas is playing really well right now. Um, they, they're spreading the ball out really well. I wouldn't really want to pick someone specifically for this game. Darren Waller might be the one guy to go off. Jacob, Josh Jacobs is a scary option here too. I think he could play well. But if I'm looking for anybody on the Philadelphia side, I would take Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he's got that rushing ability. So what happens if he scrambles for a 40-yard run or something like that? He's got the ability to have a breakout game. Um, but... Vegas will end up getting the win ultimately, I believe, in this game. And uh, yeah, like I said, I would maybe Josh Jacobs, but otherwise Darren Waller. But I would kind of stay away from this game a little bit too much of you know streaky plays and non consistency and stuff. And we like to stay away from that here. So next, uh, Houston up against Arizona. Arizona is the still the undefeated team in the league. Houston is one and five. What does that tell you? Arizona's going to get this win. This is going to be an easy, easy blowout matchup. I mean, Arizona's been putting up points up against great defenses, okay? And this Houston team is far from a great defense. So Houston might be able to put up a few points there. I mean, maybe they get to 10, uh, you know, because they're going to have some possessions because, trust me, Arizona's going to score, and they're going to score quickly and a lot. So they'll probably have some chances to score. Houston will on their own. Because that defense might wear down and things. If I'm on the Houston side, I'm only looking at Brandon Cooks because they're going to have to be throwing the ball a ton. And Brandon Cooks is the guy for Davis Mills. So look for Brandon Cooks. That's the only guy really I would want on the Houston side of things. They're not going to be able to run that ball. Uh, on the Arizona side of things, you know, honestly, there's there's a few guys you could take. Last week, we made a really good pick of A.J. Green. And honestly, I would go away from him in this game. I don't like the matchup for A.J. Green. I would be interested at the price point of taking Zach Ertz at tight end. I mean, who knows if he just gets a touchdown? I mean, that's paid her. He's he's already paid way over you know the return on your investment there. So I would look at Zach Ertz possibly at the tight end position. I would look at Kyler Murray. He's going to do some things with his legs and stuff, but he is at a pretty high price point. And the other person that I would think to look at honestly, James Conner. Look for James Conner to get some run in this game again and really take over because I think that if they can rest. Um, if they can rest, uh, crap, I can't think of his name right now, guys. 
Edmonds, Chase Edmonds. If they can rest Chase Edmonds because he's been banged up and hurt, then they should rest him. And this is a game they're going to be up most of the game. Rest him. Let James Conner run that ball. And he would be a guy that I would take in DFS because I could definitely see a situation, a possibility where that guy goes off and gets 20-point you know, fantasy outing because you know he get he vultures a couple touchdowns there in the red zone. Now, Chicago up against Tampa Bay. Okay, this game is going to be kind of a letdown for me. You know, and again, we've said this anytime that you have to have hero ball, anytime that you need hero ball from Justin Fields, you're not going to win that game. You right now, he's not ready. He's not ready to go win you games. He's not at that level. Okay, I'm not saying he's not going to get there. I'm not saying we don't like the guy. We do. We like the kid, but he's not at that level yet. Okay, so this is a game. He's going to have to go out there and put up points. He's going to go go out there and do some great things passing wise. They're not going to be able to do it. He's going to make some mistakes. I, I definitely see him throwing at least one pick in this game. Um, so yeah, look for Tampa Bay to roll in this game. On the Chicago side of the ball, I don't want to touch anybody. They're not be able to run the game up against Tampa Bay. This Tampa Bay's defense has always been stifling up against a run. Um, and in passing wise, I don't trust anybody there uh, to really get the ball enough from Justin Fields. Uh, he's too complete of a quarterback to just keep going to Allen Robinson. Like I don't see him like throwing the ball to Allen Robinson like 15 times. Uh, so I, I don't trust anybody on that on that Chicago side of the ball from a DFS purpose. Now, from the Tampa side, I am looking at this week. I'm looking at Chris Godwin. And I'm looking at. Um, Leonard Fournette. Those are the two guys that I'm looking at for them. Uh, I, I don't like Antonio Brown in this one. I know he's a bit banged up. He may not even play. Uh, so so I wouldn't look for him. Uh, I also don't like Mike Evans in this game. I don't like the way the matchup would be there. But I do like Chris Goblin's matchup. And I do really like uh, Leonard Fournette in this game. Next up, we will talk about the Sunday Night Football. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Sunday Night Football has the San Francisco 49ers up against the Indianapolis Colts. While we would love to see the Indianapolis Colts get a win, we would love to see them get the win over this San Francisco team. This really depends on injuries, guys. And, uh, you know, anytime injuries are thrown in the mix, it's so hard to predict. It's so hard to figure out what's going to go on, what's going to happen. Um, you know, and, and we don't know. We don't know who's going to be starting for San Francisco. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy that's probably favored to start, um, probably most likely to start. But at the same time, nothing's officially been said, and he still has that questionable mark. So I don't know. I don't know if we feel comfortable going with him. Uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo starts and he plays, I look for San Francisco to win this game. But Indian Indianapolis is clicking. They're clicking. They're moving on all cylinders. I would not be shocked if Indianapolis comes out and punches San Francisco in the mouth and plays really well off of a couple really good games over the last uh, couple weeks. So that's one to really watch for. I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be putting money on either of these teams. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Uh, I know most people are going to side with San Francisco, but that's that's a bias based on history recently and you know last season, how good they were last season. But really. Indianapolis looks just as good of a team right now. So we'll see what happens. Uh, ultimately, I think it's going to be a really, really good game on Sunday night. And uh, if I had to go with the DFS pick for these teams, man, on the San Francisco side of things, uh, Debo Samuel's the guy that I'm going to go with. Uh, he's just been that bread and butter go-to guy uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is going to end up playing in the game. And, uh, again, all this stuff changes if Jimmy doesn't play. And, again, I would stay away from it because of that uh, unpredictability. But on the Indianapolis side of things, I wouldn't go with Jonathan Taylor. I don't think he's going to get a ton of uh, a ton of open lane carries. I don't think he's going to break out for a 70-yard run or anything like that. And this one, San Francisco got a pretty good run defense. But what I would go for 
is Michael Pittman. I like Michael Pittman in this game. I like Carson Wentz to uh, go to him and go to him often. Uh, so, yeah, look for that to happen. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, we'll talk about Monday, uh, Monday Night Football on the Monday podcast. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll let you get back to your day. And uh, please, like, share, subscribe. Um, you know, Give us any feedback you can. You have our email, Facebook below. I uh, really appreciate any of the support out there uh, that, that we get. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.